Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, another hobby hotline outtake episode. We got into it, especially with Brody the Kid being one of the other co-hosts, along with Brad Bethune, the Texas card dude, got into some of the aspects of uh, the kids' product idea that I'd put out there. And for you who've listened to this podcast faithfully, you know that I put out some details. Brody had some additional comments. We batted that around. Hopefully that's uh, something you will enjoy the follow-up on that. Thanks, Hobby Hotline. Thanks, sponsors. Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott, Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comcy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here it is, the excerpts from the Hobby Hotline episode from April. I listened to your podcast about the card set for kids. It's got to be reasonably priced and have some stuff in it that is a draw for kids but I'm sympathetic to the card companies. Two of their biggest expenses are autographs and game-used material. If you take that out, then you'd have a complete or total type product, a large checklist that had players and people in the game that would help the younger person understand the game. I think you could put out a set pretty economically with some parallels. I also added the wrinkle that the autographs, whether it's Tops or Panini or Upper Deck, whatever sport it is, they wouldn't pay for the autographs. They'd say, look, this is a kid's set. If you want to sign, you can sign, and we'll put it in there. I think it could really keep the cost down, and you could have kids that could buy boxes, not just packs. And uh, it'd be hard to put together a set. I think the parallels could go for a pretty good price. I think adults would still like it, but I hope they wouldn't try to monopolize it and keep it away from the kids. That's the line I'm trying to straddle. I got some good feedback from people who added and subtracted to my idea. So I'll probably do a follow-up. So what was your take on that? Oh, actually, I thought it was really cool. You talk about the parallels. I think it's interesting because if you have this huge set with, say, 1,000 cards, let's just say that, if there's one parallel per pack and there's 10 cards per pack, to get a Mike Trout, it's 100 packs. So it's going to be hard to get that, obviously. So they'll go for a good amount of money, but they're going to be really hard to find. I think it's an interesting idea, and I like the free autographs, too. To keep the expenses down, because then they can put out more of it, which is good, I think. In my set, Mark Cuban could be one, because mm -hmm. he's the owner of the Mavericks. Cool. It's a basketball mm -hmm. set. I think that'd be a desirable autograph, and he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't need more money. When I did my Topps fan favorite card, let me just say, the contract I signed with Topps to sign the cards for them was not lucrative. <laughs> if you're a player, your prices and the fees are governed by the Players Association. But if you're not in the Players Association, if you're an owner, a general manager... Uh, mm -hmm. a coach, a trainer even, they could explain the sport from their perspective. So I, I think it could be win-win. I think it's a cool idea to put coach stuff on. There are no combo cards in the set, and there are no cards in the set that cannot be exactly identified with a team. This is really set up for every card goes with a team. There's no ambiguity there. I think there could be some regional interest. If you wanted all the White Sox, it would be clear if the case was broken, it, there wouldn't be a flip in the coin of which team the card went with. There could be fans in the set, but the fan has to be pick your team. I could see a, a Willy Wonka golden ticket thing that uh, collectors could be in the set. Again, they have to identify with the team. They could sign autographs and it'd be a fun chase. Yeah, then you went into the celebrity aspect of that yeah. podcast. And that's what really clicked with me. Because if you think about it, LeBron's a big Cowboys fan. Jamie Foxx is a big Cowboys fan. President Clinton, great big, huge Arkansas fan. So that would be an additional kind of semi-chase 
because it's a crossover. Unless it's for kids, and Brody knows this, some doors open for Brody that won't open for me or for you, Brad, because they really want kids in the hobby. These complicating factors, President Clinton, he's not going to do it for a set that's going to be a get-rich-quick set or that somebody's going to hoard. Uh, right. But if it's for kids, there's a good chance that uh, some of these celebrities would say, Mark Wahlberg or somebody might want to have his own card and autograph it. I think they might do it for kids. We can think about the bushes with uh, the Texas Rangers. Absolutely. You know, the- Again, Brody, push back here. As we're talking about this, it sounds exciting to me. But then if you make it too good, then the kids are going to get cut out again. The adults are going to uh, swoop in. I don't hear about Walmart and Target having kids lined up before 8 o'clock in the morning, right. mm-hmm. ready to right. go in and get their blasters. It's a bunch of adults. So if it's too good, maybe that's bad. But I'm just thinking, I'd like to add enough interest to it that uh, people could say, hey, that's an interesting set. And let's give kids a chance. Mm-hmm. As a 13-year-old kid, we want interesting stuff, too, especially if you've been in the hobby for a little bit, too. Like, you, you're going to want to be able to pull an autograph and stuff like that. I think mascot cards would be something cool, too, because absolutely. Um, I, I know Topps does them in opening day, but... Football and basketball, I'm not too sure. If I, I know they do in Prism draft picks, the collegiate mascots are in there, Bama's mascot and stuff like that. But I don't remember ever being like Staley the Bear and stuff like that, or Tommy Hawk or Benny the Bull. Like Benny the Bull is like one of the most iconic mascots. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So if you want to go extensive and massive, I've talked at nauseum this week about NFTs. What do you think about t- flipping that and turning it into an NFT so that you don't have to worry about printing? You just push a button and all of a sudden you've got an automatic, you know, renewal of cards, even though they're online. It's like what Topps is trying to do right now. I'm not sure yeah. it's going to click. Hey, kid, do you want some cards? Oh, they're not real. They're digital. <laughs> you can't hold them. But hey, yeah. collect them. So I, I think it might be a ways. But again, if they got this card product for kids going and it caught on, then would there be an NFT extension of it? Yeah, I think possibly. Okay. So, Brody, the NFTs, you've got the core collectors that are having trouble with an NFT or or us older gentlemen are having trouble with with NFTs. They're geared more towards the younger market. I wanted to ask you, do you like NFTs or do you still want that tangible? I need that card. I think it has a lot of potential coming from playing a lot of the tops games and mini games those are pretty fun there's a lot of stuff that you could do on there without paying too there's a lot of packs and events you could do but i like to see where we're at with this in a couple months and see if it's died down or if it's really booming i saw blake jameson did a huge thing with terrell owens which Mm -hmm. seemed pretty cool and if you buy the one of one you get a meet with terrell owens on virtual hour or whatever especially with like these celebrities they could do stuff like that if you buy the one-on-one, send you an autograph, or you can get a meet like that. Everybody's getting into NFTs. You've got the Three Stooges going into NFTs. Are we getting a little ridiculous with this, with the Three Stooges, or what? The Three Stooges are entitled to be ridiculous. <laughs> because that's, that's their shtick. There's a concept of the market cap of a rookie card in a certain condition or of a player. That's the problem with NFTs. The market cap could be ever-expanding. And as you're seeing, there's such an explosion of it now that if, if it was just Top Shot only, then people be focusing on that. But people have seen the early success of Top Shot. And so there's nothing stopping these entities that have certain rights, artists, licensing agencies, to any players who control their own stuff, 
to put out stuff. And so it's like a lot of times in the hobby, a, a good idea gets pulverized and, and beaten to death and overexposed. Top Shot is trying to control the distribution and the tops will try to control the distribution. But Brad, you just named a whole bunch of others that nobody's controlling. You're not printing anything. You're producing something that has no cost of production. So yeah. that could be problematic. There, there's going to have to be a shakeout because if everybody does it, they'll be all over the place and nowhere because they don't exist other than in your digital wallet. <laughs> yeah. So then you've got Brady's company coming out with it with an autograph NFT. It just seems like once the prospects started coming out with NFTs, I just shook my head. And that's my point of going from kid sets to everybody having an NFT. I, I really wish there were more than one license uh, holder for each of the sports because I think it'd be competitive. But this yeah. is why they maybe don't want to do it. If there's just one licensee, one company, then the leagues and the player association can control or rein them in and can say, look, you're the person that does this. And here are the minimums and maximums, perhaps, that you can do. And so I'm sure Top Shot has the license for the NBA. And the NBA is not giving it to somebody else so they can also compete. They're saying, okay, Top Shot, we're going to monitor this because we don't want to kill the golden goose. That's a oh. reason for these leagues wanting to control it. Mm -hmm. but, but they can't I, control Jalen Suggs because he's not under their... Another interesting thing about the NFTs is you think about it. You pull a card out of a pack, that thing could have a messed up corner, and it just went down way in value. These things all are going to be in the same condition. Mm -hmm. like you could pull one-on-one. -on -one, on an NFT pack. It's a PSA 10 online condition, but you could pull a one-on-one -on -one in a real pack and it could be all messed up and grade a PSA 5. Top Shots owner taking a pot shot at Tops and their product. From a professional standpoint, I didn't think it was necessary. I saw that, but I don't know that the guy was taken out of context or people like to grab a sensational soundbite. But I've always felt it's not good to criticize the competitors. When I was in business in the thick of it, the other people in the industry were doing some great things. And sure, they made some mistakes. We made some mistakes. But before the product's even out, the tops took a different approach than the Top Shot guys did. They have a different platform. The problem is in the social media world, it's hard to keep your mouth shut when people mm -hmm. are walking around with cameras or uh, recording devices. The marketplace will determine, and, and not only that, this is Top's first iteration. If they don't do it quite right this first time, they're in it for the long haul. They'll try something different the next time. Yeah, I don't think it was smart. If you think about it, Top's been around for 70 years and Top Shot's been popular for about a year. Like you said, it, it's their first time doing it. They can make improvements as they go. And it's... Well, it's a way different approach than Top Shot. Another aspect of this is Top Shot, maybe, you know, I'm pontificating here a little bit, but establishing their alpha-ness <laughs> mm -hmm. in the sense that I don't know if people missed this, but the market capitalization of the Dapper Labs, the, the Top Shot parent company, is more than Tops, Brody. 70 years of Tops doing really outstanding stuff and really carrying the hobby. And it's worth a billion something, a billion, three, four, whatever, when they're trying to go private. Top Shot's valuation is several times that already, even though it's been going for seven months, not 70 years. Sometimes you want to say, I'm the 600-pound gorilla or 6,000-pound gorilla, whatever, in the room, I can take pot shots because I'm in the strong position. And Top Shot, based on their valuation, is golden right now. And Brian Gray is famous for saying we're in the second inning <laughs> or something. Yeah. But in NFTs, we're really in the first inning. 
I don't yeah. think it's even the second inning. So there's a long way to go and it, it could change course, but there's going to be technology plays in our industry that are going to be of interest. It's interesting. 